0: this morning comes to us from the Gospel according to Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. Listen now to God's holy word as it speaks to us this morning. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterward he was famished. And then the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written that one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him up to a high of holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you now are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, And on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, however, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to them, All these I will give to you if you fall down and worship. But Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan. For it is written, Worship the Lord your God, and serve only Him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came down and waited for him. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thank, Thank you, God. God. Bless you. God, we ask that as we gather this morning, as we hear the story of your son out in the wilderness, that we, the Lord, may have our hearts open. That our minds may be opened, so that we may become more fully aware of the things that we need to let go, the things that cut off our life instead of opening them up to your abundant love, a love that you have called us to share with those around us. So we ask that the meditations of our hearts and the words that we speak may be pleasing and acceptable to you, and that the words you give us may feed us on our mountain journey. We find, this morning, that Jesus heads out to the wilderness to have some time alone. It's not as if much has really happened yet in Jesus' ministry, though, because if we look back to the previous chapter, we find that Jesus had only just been baptized by John the Baptist. Nevertheless, though, Jesus heads out by himself into what appears to be isolation what appears to be tying away from the busyness of life, the noises of life, and away from the temptations that life often throws our way as well. But Jesus, Jesus is not alone, we know this. And like us is confronted by forces that try to pull us from the arms of God. Even Jesus, the perfect manifestation of love, life made flesh, was not immune from being lured or presented with the temptations by the things that, that really tried to grab us. Whether it be power, whether it be wealth, fame, or glory, the things that we know all too well. As we reflect on Jesus' journey during the season of Lent, we might ask ourselves how our own path might look similar to the one that Jesus walked. But before we get into that journey of Jesus, I I wanted to share something with you, which was that this past week, I did something that was crazy. (laughs) I'm not sure if you can guess what it is. Uh, but I'll give you, I guess I might as well tell you, which was that I purposefully, purposefully, left my phone home, (coughs) drove my car, and went for a walk. It may not sound crazy to you, but for me it was something that felt very uncomfortable. It's something that I wouldn't have really thought of doing until one morning my phone decided to buzz and let me know that my screen time had gone up by 24 percent from the week before. So I thought I would try and remedy the situation, but it wasn't easy. For the first 15 minutes of the walk, I couldn't stop thinking of what I might be missing. What if someone from the church calls me? What if I miss an important email or an important text? What if I miss the newest video of that adorable cat I follow on YouTube? (laughs) Because that is serious. If you're curious, I did miss the video that was uploaded. But you know what? I watched it later. (laughs) It was an exercise of taking time to prioritize what was and what was not essential. Because even things that are important are not always as important as they really seem. When we go out, when we purposely have time for quiet, we have a chance to reflect on what is really going on in our hearts. We can look at what needs to be tended to and what needs healing. And it's vital, it's so very vital that we do this, that we part out time to be in silence, to have time in which we are able to look inward. It's vital to do this. Or else we might find that the minor things that we thought were molehills have in fact become mountains, Or that significant temptations or, or other elements that do not lend themselves to cultivating a healthy sense of self in light of God's claim on our lives. It's daunting to think about spending time alone. It's really quite unnerving for someone like myself who likes to have lots of white noise going on. It's daunting for someone like me, for others like maybe you, who like to be a little surrounded by noise, to be quiet, to be in a quiet moment with God. It is there where we begin to prune. It's there where we begin to really take stock of the things that really matter. We begin to nurture our weary and our hungry souls. Like what was pointed out before during uh, the message children's message, Jesus was, in fact, without food. And it's fascinating that we're told that Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus gave something up in the pursuit of gaining something in return. We are told, however, though what Jesus was really looking for as he headed out into the wilderness. But still, this kind of seclusion, this kind of fasting or spiritual practice, would not have been uncommon for mystics or other religious leaders of the people of Jesus' time. And this recurring theme of forty days and forty nights is also something that appears time after time again. But in those moments of sacrifice, like how Jesus gave up food, in those moments when we sacrifice something in pursuit of God, that is when we often come face to face with the things that really tempt us most. When we let go of the things that tempt us to hand them over to God, we become afraid of losing what we know. Because even if they're not the best things, we know them. We know them because we've relied on them. We know them because they are familiar, but still we are called to hand them over to God. For Jesus, though, it was not only food and sustenance that he gave up, but it was also a loss of power, a loss of abilities, that we would also associate with someone who was divine in nature. And as we reflect on Jesus' time in the wilderness, there are three questions that come from the reading this morning that are reflective of the larger issue at hand, which is what we need to let go of in our own pursuit of God. We need to ask ourselves, how are we tempted to deny God's providence? How do we rely on our own power or advantages or privilege? And what are the things that we worship other than? than God. The first is a question we must ask ourselves so that we might better understand our hearts. Understand our hearts and to understand what it is they are lacking. Jesus hears us in the attempt of the tuptor to persuade him to feed himself, saying, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. When we are hungry, when we are hungry both spiritually and physically, it can be challenging to trust in the providence, the ultimate divine love of God. Yet we are told, as Jesus reminds us, that we cannot live by bread alone. In some way or another, God provides. And we have to acknowledge that there will be things that are simply out of our control. The lesson, for example, I'm still alive. And there are things that are not meant to have been controlled in the first place. God, from the beginning, has provided in numerous ways. So what we must do then is sift through all the things that are life-giving and what leads us away from the life and the love of God. To separate them from the things we know will lead us to life anew. The second question we find this morning is one that is presented in the tempter's temptation of Jesus to give him unbridled power. The tempter says, all these I will give you, if you will but fall down and worship. Jesus resists such a temptation. But it is one that we still very much struggle with on a regular basis. It is a temptation that manifests in our choices, a temptation that manifests in our interactions with one another. It manifests in those times when we hurt one another and when we hurt ourselves. It manifests itself in the times when we are not able to curb our thirst for control and unbridled power. Authority and power are very strong temptations, especially when we have the means and the privilege to exercise them. And on a personal level as well, we also have to be careful as well to the various aspects in our lives that we have received. For we have been reminded in Jesus' rebuttal the significance of the call that we all have been given. That our lives, that our lives that have been created in the image of God are not our own. That our power and talents are not our own. And that we are gods. Not gods in you know, the lower king, but God's possessive, just clarifying that. <laughs> That we are God's beloved. And that we have been called to ensure that all people may be able to thrive in the kingdom of God. A kingdom where the person who sits at head does not abuse their power. Does not lord it over them. But uses it to make everyone, to make sure that everyone has a place, at the table. The final thing that we hear in this morning's passage is something that is both individual and it is something that is communal. It asks what it is that we are worshiping other than God. The tempter brings Jesus up to the pinnacle, the highest point of the temple, and challenges Jesus to throw himself off so that the angels might keep the foot of Jesus from dashing against the rocks below What is it that we worship in what ways do we put god to the test perhaps we worship our vanity our image maybe we worship the status quo and our desire to keep things even keeled because it's safer not to rock the boat right or yet we might even turn to something that is even more dangerous which is worshiping a Jesus that is kept inside a box of our own making, as to make God's teachings more palatable and less offensive. We can worship many different things, and when we go off the path that has been set in front of us by God, we realize that the grass is not greener on the other side. We must guard our hearts as to ensure that they are true to worshiping what God has said to be good. And what has God said to be good? To do justice, love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. What is it that we need to let go of this Lenten season as we draw nearer to God, and as we draw nearer to one another? What is it that keeps us from living as people who have been touched by the love of God. Perhaps it's fear. Perhaps it's fear. Maybe it's our fear of other people. Maybe it's our love of money or other indulgences. As these things unchecked will keep us from living in the fullness of God. Our Lenten journey into our own wilderness It's one that requires us to do a lot of soul searching. It requires that we know ourselves and take a risk of living differently by turning away from our familiar vices, from the evils of the world, and the things that tell us of how we should live, even though we know God tells us something different. We need to be precise, though, in identifying what it is we need to let go. Because otherwise, from my experience, we as human beings are very good at convincing ourselves that everything is just fine. (laughs) And that the old ways work, and we don't have to change anything. But we have to be careful, and that is why we have to identify what it is we need to let go. We need to remember how God came to bridge the gap. God came into the world. God came as flesh to bridge the gap in our broken world, to bridge the gap between us and God, to bridge the gap between us, one another, to bridge the gap between us and this wonderfully created world. God came to show us how each of us are unique, beloved, and special. And this luncheon season, we have an opportunity to explore our spirituality and our faith. In a way, reminds us that our mortality and death may be coming at some point. But there is also the death of the old, things that don't give life, and a rebirth of things that bring us life. So, as we confront these three questions, these three challenges today, it comes down to whether or not we have the strength to say away with you, away with all your false lies, false promises, Satan. away with your false sense of security. Because if we manage to summon those words from our this dispensing season, our faith and our lives will be richer for us. Not rich in a material sense, but rich in the sense that our hearts will once again be full. Full after having let go of the toxins and the poisons that have kept us from one another. And filled with the good things, the good nutrients, the good food that brings our soul to a new life. A new life that God and a new life in the community, and the fellowship that we have with one God. Um, Amen. Okay. Yeah. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.